Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, April 20, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? First order of business is what's jumping off the page on the daily chart. What are those two lines? Those two lines represent two prices that we discussed last night. We'll get to that in a little while when we drill down to the intraday stuff. In the meantime, just disregard those lines for the time being. Interestingly enough, the market did close above the lower one, below the top one. However, we have a lot more to discuss about that price zone, and then we're going to have some additional, additional prices to put up on the board. Let's take care of the big picture first. So could the market have put in a high? Well, it could have, but remember, the dominant thing is the trend. The trend is our friend until it's over. And guess what? We're still in an uptrend. So all that's really going on right now from a trending market perspective is it's a pullback. Couple of down days, 20 period moving average, your home base is sloping up to price. Price is coming down to get a little bit closer to home base to work off some of that redonkulous stuff over the last few days. Now, again, putting it in perspective, once they do, what is it? Once they work off some of the redonkulous from the other day where they just kept going up every day without any kind of corrective move, that's not the norm. That's in the 20% of the 80-20 rule. It's in the less likely to happen more often than not. So when it does happen, and it is happening, you know one thing's for certain. It's not going to last. They'll find some kind of a top, and then you have to determine whether that was a more meaningful top or it's just going to be a pullback, recocking of the gun, and the uptrend continues. So that will bring us to an hourly chart because I think I can describe what I'm looking at better from the hourly chart perspective. Let's start with yesterday. What did we say? We said that the market was putting in some kind of a bearish formation, right? Bearish, flaggish thing going on. So that resumed lower. Okay, now they got the same thing going on. So here's what we know and here's what we don't know. What we do know is that the market did not get the kind of reaction in the other direction that I was expecting and that we would normally see from filling this gap which just a couple of days ago was pretty far away. That's 411.95. Now, they hung around there all day long, so we know it's important, but they never really had a pretty good reaction in the other direction, and therefore, they proceeded all day long to make another bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. So what does that tell us? A, they didn't bounce away from the gap. They did finish above the gap, but they never could really trade away from the gap. So that tells me, and this is again using the 80-20 rule, the majority of the time that's going to tell me that they're headed for another destination at a different price down south. You start to get a full stack of information. They didn't react from the gap. They built another bearish flaggish pattern. So what does that tell us? Look lower. Where's lower? That's the $100,000 question. Where should we look? Well, what's the next logical spot to look beneath current price? How about 406.57? That's a gap. The market spent a long time going back and forth in that zone before breaking higher. So isn't that by definition 
a breakout area? And the answer is yes. So I would say 406.57 is a good spot, but maybe there's another spot. Where can we find another spot? Maybe we don't see it on this chart. There's no more gaps below on this chart or in between 406.57 and below current price. There's no more standout pivot points. We've already tested the ones from today, and that's this stuff over here that dates back to the 14th at the end of the day. Maybe we should look at a couple of other charts. What do you think? When we look at the 240-minute chart, we certainly see the same 406.57. Obviously, the gap's not going to change, but you can see it pretty distinctly here. This is where the market gapped up, and it made a bull flag pattern and took off from there. So are they coming back down to retest that area where they broke out from, which is that bull flag pattern? Maybe. Still looks good on this 240-minute chart. It's about 55 S&P handles away from current price or closing price today. It's not outlandish. The S&P was down almost that much today at its peak or trough. Peak of being down, which is the trough. When we look at the 120-minute chart, do we see anything different, anything stand out that we might want to take a crack at another number for its importance? And the really answer is, for me, no. Now you look at the daily chart and you say, hey, that doesn't even approach the 20-period moving average yet. Should we go lower? And the answer is, they may go lower. We're talking about what's likely in the coming session. But isn't there something else on the daily chart that stands out slightly different, maybe slightly above the 406.57 figure? Well, for me, the answer is, yes, there is. And here it is. So we have a breakup candle. So what defines a breakup candle? Well, as far as I'm concerned, there is no set definition for a breakup candle, but the way I look at it is they're candles where they're larger than most. It's not the average candle on the screen, it's larger than most. And 80% of the time, you're gonna be spot on and it's gonna work as described as a breakup candle. So what's the low of this candle? Happens to be 408.26. Now I'm back to the hourly chart, and I've got the 408.26 and 406.57. Looks similar today. It's a zone where they should find support. There's a 100-period moving average on this hourly chart. There's a gap. There's a breakup candle from a daily chart. You see where the full stack starts to come in? When you go back to the 120-minute chart, you can see here that during the day, based on the 120-minute big breakdown candle, they're making a bearish, flaggish kind of thing, same as we talked about on the hourly chart. On this chart, can you see, and this is right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. If you understand market symmetry, can you see where market symmetry is another stackable item in the full stack that we're looking for? So that's the whole scenario if they fall on Wednesday morning. That's in preparation for. It's in the spirit of being prepared. What about the other side? What happens if they're gapping up in the morning, for example? What's the bogey we have to look out for? We're going to look out for this breakdown candle high, 413.93. If they can get above it and open the day above it, guess what? They're going to run. If they can test it, we don't know but they would have to start closing candles above it hourly. It starts with shorter-term candles. But running a test isn't necessarily the whole ball of wax. What do I mean by that? 
Well, when you look at these breakdown candles and breakup candles, the market likes to run tests of the highs and the lows of various candles. So it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to run a test of the high of this particular breakdown candle. That's in the scenario if they're trading higher when you wake up on Wednesday morning. And by the way, let me mention something else. We're getting back to this breakup candle. Sometimes the market will run a test of a breakup candle. They'll come up slightly short of it. Sometimes they'll spike it, but they never close any candles, specifically 10, 15 minute, half an hour, hourly candles below it. Maybe they spike it, they pop back up. We don't know exactly what's going to happen if they get to that spot, but these are awareness things. So maybe they don't get all the way to 408.26. The 100 period moving average could be a stopping point on the way to 408.26. These are just awareness things. You have to come to the game prepared. Let's check out inside the numbers. We'll go through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Take a look at the good, the bad, and of course, the fugly. It's Turnaround Tuesday. They're already doing half the thing discussed in last night's video. What am I referencing that? What I'm talking about is we discussed the fact that if they drop them in the morning, beware of the Turnaround Tuesday thing by the end of the day. It didn't happen. They gave it a shot right at the end of the day, but they couldn't get her done. Turnaround Tuesday is not technical analysis. It's just a thing we talk about every Tuesday because lo and behold, somehow, some way, the market seems to turn around from what it did on Monday on Tuesday. Not all the time. It just happens a lot. We see it all the time. Let's move along, see what else we've got in the early thoughts. Right away, we'll get into the numbers. In last night's video, we marked the chart for 13.15. That's on the board again, 4.11.95. Now, we already saw a price. We saw the chart. You know what happened. We were already prepared, and this is a 15-minute chart, and right of the vertical is today's activity. We were prepared for this price zone. However, again, they should have, under normal garden variety conditions, turned around and at least had a nice rally from filling the gap. So the fact that they didn't tells us one more time that there's probably another destination lower that they're just setting up for, just couldn't get it all done in one day. But we show up to the game with the numbers in our back pocket. Now, in the pre-market, they did pay a visit to 413.15. Look at this. This is 6.45 a.m. This is the candle closing at 7 a.m. That's this morning. And then they had a nice rally away. 12.13 S&P handles or so. That wasn't necessarily the thing that softened up that price a little bit, and it was soft, and you'll see that in the notes. The reason it was soft is because it took too long to get down there. If they came down in a straight shot, that's one thing. When they hover over it and eat too much time off the clock, it diminishes the importance of that price, especially in this case, and you want to look lower. We had the gap, but they didn't have to get to the gap immediately so there was some options and how to get into a trade. But certainly 411.95 was an area of interest. Now, you notice something else here. Some of this stuff is stealth and some of it is in your face. If you're not paying attention, stuff like this is stealth. Below 410.87, and that's on candle closes, the bears are in full and complete control, would open the door for 408. 
that 408 is a give or take, and guess what? Yeah, it's the same 408 we're talking about. Well, guess what? Look at the low here, 410.62, just slightly below that number mentioned before, and the low again, 410.59, again, just slightly below, kind of like we'll call it the Mendoza line, the line in the sand. The bears go in full control. They start closing candles below there today. That would have opened the door for 408, give or take. Guess what? The door's open anyway. The door is open based on how the market acted and reacted or didn't react from certain prices, which gives us information going forward. The market's always telling us something. Whether we can interpret the information is up to the individual trader, the individual analyst, the individual. We're moving along. You see at 931, we got a little bit of a quick rip higher in MO, Altria. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. That's a taste test. Now, early, early, right after the opening bell, we're still eyeballing 413.15. Why is that? Because don't forget, right at the opening bell, they're coming from afar. You would have gotten a reaction had they come down there in the first candle or two. But they didn't do that. But that's what was talked about right after the opening bell. The market develops itself in real time. You have to develop the analysis in real time. So what we're already saying is, even if you get into it, you have to be aware that they could go down to 411.95. So we're using it similar to how we treat a lot of the stocks on the move. Half a position at price one, half a position at price two. You paint by the numbers, you have patience, it works out the majority of the time. And I'm also saying here, can't short the market in the hole. They were already down, and when you short the market while it's already down, you're just asking for trouble. Not that it can't work, and it did work today if you did it, but a lot of times they'll whip you out. A lot of times, they give you a pie in the face just because they can. Who's they? The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. These are the folks that make sure traders and investors look like fools the majority of the time. Now, they still haven't broken lower, so we're looking at important stuff. Remember 41369 from yesterday. If you don't remember, it was the line in the sand yesterday. First, they came up short of it this morning. They bounced away a little bit, then they finally cracked the code. Remember here, here's the hourly chart. The low here, 413.69, that was the line in the sand. And here you can see, this is yesterday, the low was 413.79, and here in the first hour of the day, 413.66 was the low, and then they just killed the tape. Let's move along, see what else we've got in the notes. We put up a resistance area on the board, but they never got there. Not getting there is weak. Right here, 10 o'clock. If they never get there, that's weakness. That's one of those stealth comments that you have to pay attention to. 414.85 was the number. The high in the first hour of the day was 414.68. The numbers are important. They didn't satisfy the number. It was a sign of weakness to me from where I sit. Other traders look at different things. This is the stuff I look at. If you're interested to look at stuff from Joe's Indicator Shop, that's fine. If you think it's working, then it's working. Here's the gauge. Are you making money using them? Are you making money listening to other people that are using them? 
If you are, keep doing it. If you're not, they're not working. Take a side note on indicators for a moment. Let's just cite a couple of interesting ones. So we know that the market's overbought. We know that I've been looking for a top. Now we're going to let the market tell us where the top comes in. We're not going to guess at a date anymore. We had two dates. We tried them both. It worked. Then it didn't work. So in terms of looking for the bigger top, we're going to let the market put in a sign or signal of a trend change. We're going to have something to trade against, and that's the end of the story. But here's the thing. There are indicators out there that are showing that the market should have turned already. The indicators are way embedded. They're way extended. They're way out of whack. And eventually, the market's going to turn, and people can point back to the indicators to say, see, look how overbought it was, or look how extended it was, whatever the case is. But they can stay that way for longer than you think they can. The market can go higher than you think it can. The market can go lower than you think it can at the time. It's part of the emotional circle jerk of the market. We're moving right along. You can read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work, but the market was stuck for most of the day down around that zone. It really couldn't get off the dime after it filled the gap. So therefore, you kind of know what's coming in the notes. And by the way, here's another one where we cite the SMH. We did this yesterday. We did it again today. 241.50. Let's go see what happened. That post was at 1048. Here's a 10-minute chart. You can already see it. Here's 1040, 1050. So it's coming down. I posted up on the board, 241.50. What's the low right here? Oops. The low happens to be 241.50. Funny how that works, by the way. 10.54, it's showtime territory for the Bulls to put up a goal line stand. 4.11.48 is another spot lower that could be reached on this particular flush lower. From a time perspective, it's about that time for the morning low. What are we talking about here? Well, most days, if they're selling them or if they're jamming them up higher throughout the morning, at some point, 10.30, 11 o'clock, maybe even closer to lunchtime, they're going to put in a pivot, whether it's a morning low on a day we're down or whether it's a morning high on a day they're up, they're generally going to put in a morning pivot. So since we know that, what we do is we look for an important price, a big spot where all of a sudden if price starts to match up with time and you start to get a full stack going, you see where that's leading. Here's a 10-minute chart again, and you can see here the morning low came in very late, closer to lunch, 11.40. Over here was the fake-out low at 11 o'clock. 4.11.76 was the low against 4.11.95. They made it look like that was going to be it, and they were going to rally from there. Instead, they didn't do it. The takeaway is they ate time off the clock, they hung around for a cup of coffee, what does that generally mean? It means they're going lower. Let me scroll up, pause the video, read the notes. I want to finish them out, circle back to stocks on the move, and you can see by 1 o'clock, a picture is worth more than 100 words. Here's a visual of what's going on with comments. So what's the visual? It's either going to be a bearish flaggish pattern, meaning another couple of hours and you'll see what's going on, or they'll begin to climb up the big breakdown candle. We already talked about that. Closing candles above 
4.12.40 begins the climb up the breakdown candle. Without that, no dice. It ended up to be a no dice. So let's finish out the notes for the remainder of the session. You can pause the video and double check the work. Stocks on the move. Another laundry list. Remember, earnings season. Remember, it's daunting when you look at it and say, oh, that's a big list. It's not daunting when you realize they don't all hit at the same time. You only have to pay attention to the ones that are coming close at the time they're coming close. First one on the board was Nike, getting a buzz cut at the open, came into the price, and you can see here the price was important. No two ways about it. 126.73, it had a little spike. They didn't really do the deal. They went a little bit lower. They finished higher on the day, higher than the entry, but they never really did the deal, so we just call this one a scratch. And it really mirrored the market. It basically went to a spot and ate time off the clock, and it was a mirror image of the larger market, the larger tape. That happens a lot. Abbott Labs, and you can see in this candle, look at the low here, 119.60 against 119.58. This is where I begin to get a little frustrated when that happens. Because you can see here, and I've switched to a five-minute chart, the high was 120.95 just minutes later. Now, they did the deal later, but they didn't do the deal in the manner in which we like them to do the deal, so technically this is a no trade. But the takeaway is the numbers work. Carnival, they do the deal early. They do it in the manner in which we're okay with, right? They came in pretty quickly to it. In the third five-minute candle, they come into the number and they begin to spike higher. And then they failed. And they tried to fight back by the end of the day, coming up a few cents short. They ran out of time on the clock. We'll call this one, from a day trade perspective, a dud. I'm certainly not going to call it a shit burger. The market floundered. Sometimes you need the market to participate to get some of these stocks to participate. Sometimes they'll participate on their own. Other times, if the market's dead as a doornail and it's just going sideways, then guess what? A lot of times, the stocks will follow suit. Another one of the frustrating ones, you can see here the low was 35.51 and they bounced away. So when they came back into it later, it's of no interest and you can see what happened. Once they got below the number, the number became resistance. When price is above the number, it's support. When price is below the number, it's resistance. The number is important. We talked about Altria. You saw it in the notes, Big Mo. Getting its haircut at the open, 45.91 was on the board bright and early. And you can see what happened. They did the deal bright and early. 46.96 was the high, so they gave you more than a buck. You didn't even need a buck. And that's in terms of calling it a successful base hit. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. They went back down and they finished positive on the day, but they did the deal early. What about Camp IWM? Are they beginning to teeter? Well, first, let's put it in perspective. They are my favorite market-leading indicator. The SPY was down less than 1% today. The IWM was down more than 2% today. I would say that's an indication or a leading indication to watch out for. Right here is a line in the sand. This low, 208.03, is a line in the sand. If they get below that and begin closing daily, below that number, first hourly from an intraday perspective, that's a watch out below type of situation. We've talked about that number before. There's a reason why. 
Think about it for a second. Let's just put it in logical terms. We're just using common sense. This is common sense market analysis. So here's an important spot. How do we know that? Because the market reversed from that spot. So the market's telling us that important pivot is important. Okay, so the market goes back up, they make a new high, now they fail. They're coming back down, they're gonna challenge the pivot. They're saved. Doesn't matter how, why, by who. They're saved. They have a reversal and go higher again. It was saved at an important spot. It was a reversal when they could have went into the abyss then, but they didn't. So guess what? If they fail now at that same spot, again, look out below. They've already been there. They tested it. They reversed. A failure is not going to be good. Not going to be good for the bull case. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator, but this is my favorite, A number one canary in the coal mine. So this one looks different than the IWM. This one, the trend is your friend until she throws you out. However, let's double check with what's inside the transportation index. We're gonna look at the top holdings just to double check the charts to make sure that the stocks inside the index confirm what the index itself is doing. Is FedEx around the highs? Not really. I suppose we can make a case they're around the highs, but they're potentially making a lower high. That could be ominous. NSC checks out. It's at highs. Fine. KSU had a tremendous ramp today on a buyout that was, I believe, an overbid or an outbid in buyout. So certainly this one up 38 bucks, and also it accounts already for about 10% of the transports. So this certainly carried a lot of weight in the reason why the transports were up today. Union Pacific at highs. Okay, that checks out. UPS at highs, strong chart, uptrend, checks out. I think we've seen enough, and I think the components of the index check out, and they confirm that the transports can be taken at face value. Awareness, keep in mind from a weekly chart perspective, they're too far from home base. Doesn't mean they can't stay there, it doesn't mean they can't go higher, but they're too far from home base, so eventually they're gonna come back to home base. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? So far we've had a new high, and now we have a potential failure of that high. Remember, we talked about this before. We talked about it last week. We would be watching if they came back in or recaptured the old high. Now they've closed the day below that old high. However, they're above all the moving averages, and the moving averages is the dominant thing, okay? An old high is important. Moving averages, meaning the uptrend, the trend is the dominant thing. So they're coming back to pay a visit toward home base, letting home base creep up to price simultaneously. That's fine. Markets do that all the time. From a weekly chart perspective, there's nothing wrong. Remember, they recocked the gun, they went higher, they made a new high. Now, we don't know from a weekly chart perspective whether they're just going to run sideways here, run higher, or fail. We don't have enough information. We don't know. We'll use other charts on shorter time frames to determine when they're above or below certain numbers that'll give us an indication of what comes next. This is how it works. 
just letting you inside my head. This is how I think about the markets. When I see one chart, I know what I'm going to be looking for on another chart. Interesting little breakdown in the XLF today. Like the IWM down about 2%, similar to the Qs, similar to the NASDAQ. They made a new high and then all of a sudden, here we are on a failure. Everything starts somewhere and morphs from there. I'm watching everything, everything at this point is a puzzle piece. Everything is on the table. Below 33.75 on daily closes, I'm going to start to get concerned about the XLF or the bears would be invigorated. The bulls would be concerned. Could they run a test of 34 bucks? Garden variety, yes, they can. About Smash Mouth. Remember the 241.50? Let's find out where it came from. Here's the hourly chart, and it kind of looks like, where did it come from? Well, I'm going to start to show you. All of a sudden, you start to see pretty clearly when you identify certain areas that were important. Market went up there, rejected. Went up there, rejected. Same thing, same thing. It's telling you that price is important, and guess what? All of a sudden, finally, not rejected, but broke out. Then what? Then they're going to come back to check in at a former breakout area. Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever seen this work before? Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.